This is the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agribusiness. If you're curious about innovations in ag tech, rural entrepreneurship, ag sustainability, or food security, this is the show for you. Let's get started. Hey there, thanks so much for downloading this episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hammerich. I'm an agribusiness recruiter. So if you know anybody looking to hire or be hired in agriculture, I would love to speak to them. You can send them my email, tim at aggrad.com. This is the first episode of 2019. Feels weird to say that. It's going to be difficult to remember to write that on everything for a few months as we adjust uh, to the new year, but happy new year to each and every one of you. I like to do episodes like the one today every once in a while. It's kind of a, it's a different episode. It's not our normal content uh, in the midst of shows we do on data and blockchain and soil health and startups and investment. Sometimes it's good just to take a little breather and have a fun episode. And we definitely have one of those for you here today. Have on the show Tim Moffitt, uh, better known as Tim the Dairy Farmer. Tim is a, is a comedian and dairy farmer uh, based out of Florida. I'm going to uh, share more of his bio as we launch into the interview. But I thought this was just a fun episode to include on here, not only uh, for the enta- entertainment factor you're going to hear. He's a very funny guy. He just produced a um, an album called Farm Raised, a comedy album that actually was produced by uh, Larry the Cable Guy, somebody you probably know. But Tim travels around the country speaking to uh, ag groups, but also doing you know more of your normal comedian shows uh, at clubs and whatnot. So really fun to have Tim on the show. He shares not only his background in comedy, but also uh, his decision uh, in their dairy farm that he runs with his brother, uh, who helps take care of things when he's on the road, about how they decided to sort of uh, downsize and go grass-fed, and his thoughts on how that is the most sustainable model for dairy, at least where he is. Uh, if you're not big enough to be the biggest of the big, uh, in order to make it is, is sort of to, to right-size the operation, and in their case, go grass-fed. Very cool stuff. Enjoy this. It's just a fun episode that I think you're going to love too. Here is my interview with Tim Moffat, better known as Tim the Dairy Farmer. Okay. I, I want to start here by just reading the bio from your website because I think it's a good starting point here. It says, All right. It says, Tim was born at a very young age. <laughs> he is the youngest of six kids and a third generation farmer. This has made for some unique life experiences for Tim. Tim has traveled the United States and Canada talking about farm life, family life, and everything in between. He's a seasoned agricultural comedian, speaker, and farmer. Tim performs comedy at agriculture conventions, corporate events, fairs, business meetings, and he will even perform at family reunions. Tim grew up on a farm and has been farming his whole life. He is well experienced with all aspects of agriculture. No matter what your event, Tim will definitely bring the laughter. Tim, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me on, Tim. I appreciate it, man. And you are actually on your way to a gig as we speak. Yes, I'm uh, halfway between Minneapolis and a little town called Greenwald, Minnesota. And uh, yeah, it's cold. <laughs> and, and now you, you, you live and farm in Florida, is that right? Yeah, yeah, drastic difference from Minnesota in December. It was about 84 when I left my house this morning and uh, landed here. And I want to say it's uh, 
well, 26 right now. Hmm. So I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a padded bra. So that helps. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, t- tell, tell us about your, your farming operation. What, what do you farm in Florida? I think Florida, everybody thinks citrus, but, but tell us about your operation. Uh, my brother and I have been partners in the dairy business for a little over 30 years and we are dairy farmers. And, uh, about seven years ago, we went from conventional dairy to an all grass operation. When I say all grass, it's not just what you have in your yard. It's about seven or eight different varieties year round, um, clover, fetch, rye anything you can think of oats and uh basically that's what we do so hey, take us back to that decision what 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 prompted the decision to go from conventional to 100 percent grass uh we were giving all of our money to everybody except ourselves um you know we were you you can't you can't grow a lot in florida the the, the ground there's just sandy so you're better off to just grow grass. But bottom line, all my money was going to everybody except my brother and I. And we were at a point where we just, we went old school. We went back to, you know, what, you know, probably my grandfather or, or whoever that generation would have done. And a lot of people thought we were crazy. And there wasn't really a, you know, it's not like the universities had a, a textbook way to do it. So we kind of learned a lot and we're still learning. I mean, we, we've made some stupid decisions, but, um, overall it's, it's been good. Uh, we're keeping, we don't have near the milk production that the conventional guys have, but I'm not giving my money to everybody else. And it's, it's working out good. We downsized. We went from about, uh, 500 down to about 200 now because that's what the farm could sustain by itself where we just grew all our own grass and graze. So we graze and then we green chop too. Um, and then of course in the summertime when we've got plenty of grass, we bag that just like any guy would bag corn silage and whatnot. And I'm feeding that right now because the grass is at a stagnant stage between, you know, summertime and winter. So, mm-hmm. But it's been good. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry to give you such a long answer, but that's what it is. Sure. No, and so. I, I definitely understand like the cost savings of not having to buy feed, at, you know, right. outside of the farm. What about on the marketing side? Do you also get a premium for that? No, I don't. I'm still with. I'm still with the same milk co-op I was. I've always been with. There's been a lot of changes in Florida as far as. Um, milk co-ops from other states and everywhere fighting because Florida is a fluid milk state. We're not, we don't do cheese. We don't do, you know, some of the other byproducts. It's all fluid. So it's grade A and everybody wants that pay price. So, um, the, the Florida, the Florida dairy industry is, um, I mean, to be honest with you, it's not good. I know it's not good around the United States as a whole right now, but, Florida is really tough because we got people coming in from crap. They're shipping milk in from Michigan jugged and on the truck cheaper than what they're paying us. So, you know, I don't know how long that they'll continue to 
to pay us. But I, I haven't got into a special market. Um, I'm organic, although I'm not certified organic. I'm, I'm as organic as any of the organic guys there. We haven't done any antibiotics or any type of uh, anything for the last 15 years. But we just went to the all grass about seven years ago. So, but um, no, I'd like to find a niche market whether it be start putting, uh, we thought about doing this thing called happy cheese where they just legalized marijuana in Florida. So maybe we thought maybe we'd be putting the, the pot oil and calling it happy cheese and making that. So I know yeah. it sounds crazy, but you, you got to diversify, man. Absolutely. So, I, I would think with your, with your comedic chops, you all could develop a, 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 a cult brand around your dairy products. Well, that's, that's, you know, and it sounds crazy, but, you know, I heard a thing the other day about all the consumers are millennials, which is a generation younger than me. But, um, you know, the thing, the thing about agriculture is, and, and I don't mean this to the people in charge. I'm just saying this as a, as a, as a farmer myself. The people in charge are, are not worried about what the consumer thinks sometimes. And I think as we move forward in agriculture, whether no matter what you're doing, whether it's beef or dairy or, or you know, specializing in berries or something, you got to go for what the consumer wants. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if I'm making a cheese that gets you stoned, the people are buying it, <laughs> I'm going to sell it, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. And, and I, you know, I realize as my good Baptist Christian upbringing, that may not seem real good, but you know, sometimes you, you, you got to diversify. So, yep. And a lot of people, would I'm not saying I'm Tim, I'm not saying that that's what I'm going to do, but I'm just saying, I'm always looking at options. You know what I'm saying? And, And I think a lot of people would argue that's not all that different from, from making wine. Right. So. Well, t- tell me about the, the comedy thing. When, when did you when did you decide that that you were not only going to be a dairy farmer but also a comedian? Uh, I I don't know a definite time, man. I was always growing up. I, I wasn't the class clown. I was the kid that mumbled something out of my breath. I mean, I had a VIP spot in the principal's office, and. Um, I was actually at a dairy meeting and they had hired this guy as a, as a, he was a comedian slash sketch artist. And I think he spent most of the day in the bar before the actual meeting. Cause when he got up to start sketching stuff, he was, he put it this way. They dragged him off stage in less than 10 minutes. Oh. What he was drawing. Of course I thought it was funny, but, you know, the suits didn't like it. But anyway, I, I, long story short, I thought, you know what? I've always enjoyed comedy. I think, I think I could do this. So I, uh, just started going to open mic, died many thousands of horrible deaths on stage. And, uh, almost 17 years later, I'm, I'm still doing it. Where does a dairy farmer find an open mic? Uh, yeah. <laughs> man, I've done open mics in coffee shops. I've done open mics. I, I mean, I live in Florida, so I, I'm not too far from civilization. There's actually, um, 
several comedy clubs within an hour, hour and a half of my place. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I first started, I think we were milking at two in the morning. So I would literally get home from doing gigs or open mics in the clubs and go straight to work, oh. which I was a lot younger then. But um, it's it's been it's been fun. It's been a learning experience the whole way, but um, uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't change anything. Just recently, I signed with um, Larry the Cable Guy, and he produced my first album, which just came out a couple months ago, and it's called Farm Raised, but you can hear that on... Um, sorry about the shameless plug here. No, nope, um, it on me. You, 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 can hear, you can hear, it's called Tim the Dairy Farmer Farm Raised. I know they play it on... Sirius XM on Jeff and Larry's channel 97. Um, but you can hear it on Google, Pandora, iTunes, Spotify. It's on every outlet there is. Just type in Tim the Dairy Farmer. And um, so that album's out there. That's great. It, so, it's, when, when you were back doing open mics and going straight from open mic to milking cows at two in the morning, I mean, what, what kept you motivated to do it, especially on the nights where you would just sort of, you know, die, <laughs> as you said? I I don't know. There was just something in me that thought, you know what? This is fun. I don't know if I'll ever make a living at it, but I, I'm I'm just going to keep doing it. And um, I I I actually write an article in Progressive Dairyman Magazine, and I just wrote an article. I I think the last one that came out. Um, I one of the questions I get in these type of interviews is how did you get started and why? And, and why um, I was about four years into it. And I, and I, and I had a horrible set. I was just like, why do I do this to myself? And I came off stage and a guy came up to me and he said, Hey man, I want to thank you. He said, my wife passed away six months ago. And this is the first time I've laughed since before she died. And I think you helped me get out of a dark place. Well, I, you know, it, it immediately clicked with me and I said, thank you, man. My, you made my night too. And I think that's kind of why I do it. I, you know, agriculture, not just agriculture, but life can get you down. You know, all the, all the bullshit you hear on the news every day, all the, you know, health, financial, everything. But sometimes you just need a good laugh, man. Yeah. That's so, so true. That's kind of why I do it. That's kind of no, why I do it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not preaching, brother. I'm, I'm just telling you my ideas. I love it. Uh, and so are you usually talking to agricultural audiences or how do you kind of walk that line between, you know, uh, being appealing to a broad audience, but also appealing to the core ag audience? Um, well, like, you know, my mainstay is, like the gig I'm on right now, I'm doing a, a show for, uh, I think it's Merck and some veterinary clinics out here for a bunch of their customers. But as far as the farm thing, I mean, I've got the inside jokes. Um, you know, I can do material straight to the farmers. Um, but then when it comes to the clubs, I kind of, I, I dumb it down for the people that aren't in agriculture. And I talk about, uh, family or unions or yard sales or, you know, state fairs and things like that. But it's easily, 
and when I'm in the club, I, I describe it like I, I've got a bit about going to uh, the select sires um, bull facility, you know, where they extract semen every day. So I dumb that. I, I just explain it a little bit more in the club to where they know what I'm talking about before I get to the punchline. Got it. So, but I, I'm not I'm not an intelligent comic, Tim. I mean, my stuff's written on like a third grade level, so anybody can get it. So, because well, I, I write my own stuff. But I think that because I've watched some of your stuff, I think I think you and I think Larry the Cable Guy both sort of do this. It's it's you know on the on the surface, it's got kind of it's played off as dumb, but it it really is smart humor. Like I, I mean, right? Uh, you know, you've got you've got kind of a, a line that you use where you know you say you're a dairy farmer and and nobody claps and and you say. You say, well, thank you. He's like, and then, and then you say, right. you're a bunch of lactose intolerance. And, you know, it's just like, it, right. you know, it may not come across as deep philosophy, but it's really smart and, and, and funny in my right. opinion. Um, well, anytime I get a chance to bash on vegans or vegetarians, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how, but well, thanks. thanks. How long into it? You know, you said you, uh, that story you told was four years into it, but how long into it did you start to think, okay, well, actually... Um, I'm, I could actually get enough money from this to make it worth my time. Um, I want to say I was about, I mean, when I originally started, uh, you know, I wanted to do, I wanted to hone in on the ag community mm -hmm. and there is a couple other guys like me out there. Um, I, I think about six years into it is when I finally started. Because they tell you, and, and I know Seinfeld has said this, but also guys that were like my mentor in the comedy told me, you know, you're funny, but you're not going to be funny until seven years. And it was about, I thought, man, this, this is, this is going to be a long haul, but it was actually about the six and a half year mark. One night when I was on stage, it finally clicked. I, I and I, and I finally knew what they were talking about. It's a fact where you can actually be yourself as well as be a comedian. It's, it's hard to explain because when you're on stage, you can, it's amazing how you can, you can think about why that guy in the second row hasn't laughed yet. You can think about what joke you're doing next, why the joke you just said didn't hit. And, um, it, it's amazing all the crap that can go through your head, but finally about the six and a half year mark, it clicked for me. And then I thought, well, I'm going to really hone in on the dairy more. I mean, I, I can hold my own in a club, but I really prefer the dairy thing. Um, I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, it does. You, you mentioned having a mentor. You had you, had you find a mentor and, and what, what's that look like? Well, that was normally when I had about seven minutes of material. Um, uh, I would hook up with somebody that was a feature actor, a headliner, and they would drag me around to gigs, and I would open up for them. And I and I lucked out because I had a real good guy that he was actually Sam Kennison's roommate for a lot of years, hmm. and um, just salt of the earth, rough. I mean, I'd come off stage and he. I mean, he wasn't like, good job, you know, that was whatever. He was like, don't ever do that again. 
<laughs> you know, you were horrible. You should, you should quit. You know, he was just, that's how you get better is when you, when you don't have the people, I don't care what you're doing. You don't want the person that's always like, yeah, man, you're awesome. You want the guy that's be like, yeah, you suck, you know? Mm-hmm. So what anyway? Well, you, you, you probably have, you know, kind of a, a unique perspective from both being a dairy farmer, but also getting to be connecting with all of these ag audiences all the time. You know, what are your thoughts about kind of what we're not talking about enough in agriculture today and kind of your thoughts just on the future of the industry? I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a deep question, but I, I, I don't know. I, agriculture as a whole, I mean, it's getting fewer and fewer of us but I think there's a lot of opportunities. I, I think that, um, you know, the old school ways of, well, that's how my daddy did it. And that's how I'm going to do it. I think if you're, if you're in that mindset, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So I just think, I, I think technology and, and advancements are, you got to kind of keep up with them. So, I mean, it, I, I say that, but I'm the guy that quit going conventional and went to all grass, but, um, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm different. I don't know. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. I mean, do you, do you see, obviously it was a good decision for, for you in your situation. Uh, do you see more people maybe going that route in the future? It, it, it does seem like. Uh, I, I think it's the only sustainable way, unless you're milking 15, 20,000 cows. I think it's the only sustainable way to actually still be in the dairy business. I mean, my, I've got cows right now that have had their, you know, 13th calf. That's unheard of in the, in a conventional dairy. You know, most of them are, you know, they're going for slaughter after the third lactation. And I've got cows that are on their 12th and 13th lactation. Oh, wow. Um, I don't do any type of, and, and you know, I, I know the, I know the, the pharmaceutical companies and stuff are going to hate me, but I don't do any vaccinations. I, I do, uh, I spend a lot of money on supplements and minerals mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I concentrate more on my grass and supplement program on the cows than I do m- medicating them with something. I, 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 my, my conception rates have gone, you know, I've had to, I don't, I don't AI anymore. I just run, I breed all my cows to, um, black Angus bulls and I sell those calves before they look like they're dairy and which, you know, um, but I, I don't have any health problems with my cows anymore. It's, it's weird, Hmm. but I'm not pushing them. We only milk them once a day. Right. And you know, I don't have the, like I said, I don't have the production, but I don't have the input cost either. Sure. So I don't know. I sound like a guy that smokes pot and milks cows every day, but I mean, I got buddies that milk three, 3,000, my cousin milks 5,000 and they think my brother and I are just, you know, hemp wearing pot smokers, but it's like, no, dude, this works for us. We don't have your headaches, but I, I think in the dairy industry, it might be the only sustainable way to do it unless you're milking you know uh, what happens when you're milking 10 15 000, you know you can cover up all your mistakes and you're doing everything on volume but um i don't know right and i'm gonna get a lot of people that well, i don't like the way he's thinking after this podcast but screw them i'm paying my bills 
No, that's exactly right. And actually, the, most people are listening to this podcast for a, a new and unique perspective. So it, it, right. it'll be well received. Um, what about okay. what about what's next for your your comedy career? Where do you see that going? Um, yeah, one day at a time, man. I'm actually I'm doing a show in Wisconsin, Janesville, Wisconsin, in March, and I'm planning on filming that. And uh, I'm actually going to try to present that to RFD TV and uh, see what we can do there. I've checked into the Netflix and all that, but they're just so consumed with millions of other things to watch. So I'm trying to hone in on my market. Right. So if anybody's got a contact for RFD TV, shoot me an email at timthedairyfarmer.com, please. So <laughs> timthedairyfarmer.com. TimTheDairyFarmer.com. Thank you to Tim the Dairy Farmer for being on the show. One note, uh, he mentioned TimTheDairyFarmer.com to get a hold of him. I couldn't get that website to work for some reason. Uh, where I found him and where you probably can too is at AgComedian.com. He owns the domain for AgComedian.com. So all of you other Ag Comedians listening, I'm sorry. The domain's taken. You'll have to do something else with your life. Uh, anyway, hope you enjoyed that interview. It's always fun to to have some other story for, from agriculture, even if it's more on the lifestyle side than the business where we usually focus. But I'm very excited to launch into a new series uh, next week. I'm actually calling it a mini series because it's going to just be four total episodes um, about farm business management and agricultural uh, adoption of technology at the farm level. Uh, this is something I'm partnering with Granular on. I think you're really going to enjoy the, the perspectives here about uh, technology adoption and just farm business management in general, especially if you like the, the episode we had recently with Devon Cook about management. You'll love this th these next four episodes as well. So just a little teaser there. Thank you again to Tim for being on the show. And if you know other just fun episodes like the one we had with Tim that maybe don't fit our normal content, but would just be a great thing to throw in every once in a while. I'd sure love to, to bring more people like that on. So thanks again. Have a great week. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast. If you like what you heard here today, I'd love to connect with you further. Go over to futureofag.com. That's futureofag.com. And let me know a good email address for you so we can keep in touch. Also, you'll be able to check out a ton of bonus content on the blog while you're there. Otherwise, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you can catch another fascinating ag innovator here next week.